This is the mop-up for August 24th, 2023. I'm David Feldman. Putin's chef, Evgeny Prigozhin, cooked. We got the debates, but first, Rudy Giuliani surrender to the Fulton County District County District Attorney on Wednesday. While being booked, as is customary, Georgia police made Giuliani step on a scale. Giuliani saw how much he weighed and accused it of fraud. Giuliani insisted the scale is a liar, doesn't know what it's talking about, that he's quite thin, and accused the scale of confusing fat with his normal scotch and water weight. The Fulton County Sheriff said Rudy Giuliani was processed and treated just like everybody else at that jail. No, he most certainly was not, and I'll be talking about that a little later on. Crew, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, Crew, has obtained internal Secret Service emails showing that Donald Trump's Secret Service was communicating with Stuart Rhodes, the founder of the Oath Keepers, now doing 18 years in prison for seditious conspiracy for the role he played in helping to organize the attack on the Capitol on January 6. According to these memos, in September of 2020, a member of Donald Trump's Secret Service spoke on the phone with Rhodes after Rhodes offered to provide additional security for Donald Trump's upcoming campaign visit to Fayetteville, North Carolina. This was back in September of 2020. In the memo, the Secret Service agent described himself as, quote, the unofficial liaison to the Oath Keepers, but I'm hoping I'll eventually be the official liaison to the Oath Keepers, unquote. During Rhodes' trial for seditious conspiracy, an Oath Keeper, who became a cooperating witness for the prosecution, testified that Stuart Rhodes had been in communication with the Secret Service in September of 2020 about providing security for that rally. During the trial, the witness also testified that he was in a hotel room with Stuart Rhodes on January 6th while the Capitol was being breached and he heard Stuart Rhodes on the phone the witness said he was on the phone with either someone at the White House or someone who knew Donald Trump. Rhodes was overheard urging the president to invoke the Insurrection Act. Lawyers for Stuart Rhodes say their client was under the impression that on January 6th, there would be rioting in the streets. Trump would invoke the Insurrection Act and then deputize the Oath Keepers to help restore order. We do know that the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys were providing security to some of the people meeting at the Willard Hotel the night before January 6. Sidney Powell, one of the lawyers who assisted Donald Trump in spouting lies about election fraud after the 2020 presidential election, was fingerprinted in the Fulton County Jail on Wednesday. There's her mugshot. She is one of the 19 defendants indicted in Georgia for participating in Donald Trump's racketeering scheme to overturn the 2020 presidential election. 
Trump was hoping at one time to name Sidney Powell as a special counsel inside the Justice Department to prosecute Democrats on phony election fraud cases. She was released on a $100,000 bond. Now, there has been reporting that Elmer Stewart Rhodes, the founder of the Oath Keepers, now doing 18 years for seditious conspiracy, Elmer Stewart Rhodes had some of his legal fees paid for by Sidney Powell's nonprofit that she set up immediately after the 2020 presidential election to investigate voter fraud. Prosecutors, we've talked about this before, prosecutors in the Oath Keepers trial last year asked the judge for permission to investigate whether Sidney Powell was paying Elmer Rhodes's legal fees, as well as the legal fees for Kelly Meggs and his wife. Kelly Meggs, founder of the Florida Oath Keepers, a close associate of Stuart Rhodes, was sentenced to 12 years in prison for seditious conspiracy for the role he played in helping to organize the January 6th assault on the Capitol. There doesn't seem to be any follow-up so far, at least none that I know of, as to whether Sidney Powell, who worked closely with Trump and Giuliani to overturn the 2020 presidential election, there doesn't seem to be any follow-up quite yet as to whether Sidney Powell helped pay the legal fees for these two Oath Keepers currently serving time for seditious conspiracy. But... Why would Trump's lawyer be paying the legal fees for an oath keeper doing time for seditious conspiracy? An oath keeper who came to Washington, Elmer Stewart Rhodes, came to Washington with a cache of weapons that could take on the city of Fallujah. And I'm not making that up. That's how it was described. That's how many weapons he, he brought to Washington, D.C. Now, we don't know yet if Sidney Powell was paying his legal fees. As I keep saying, follow the legal fees. Deep Throat told Woodward and Bernstein, follow the money. I'm telling you, follow the legal fees. What we know for certain, however, is that Oath Keeper Kelly Meggs, seen here on January 6th, was represented by my old friend, attorney Stanley Woodward. I talked a little bit about him yesterday. That is Stanley Woodward on the right, walking Trump's valet, Walt Nauta, into a Miami federal courtroom after Walt Nauta was indicted by special counsel Jack Smith for assisting Trump in hiding classified documents from the FBI while the government was searching Mar-a-Lago for that material. As I mentioned on yesterday's show, and I will keep mentioning this, Stanley Woodward is on retainer. The lawyer, Stanley Woodward, is on retainer with Donald Trump's Save America PAC to represent low-level Trump associates who are called before a grand jury or before a congressional investigation. I've been telling you, follow the legal fees, and I can't help but believe that special counsel Jack Smith is doing so as well. Trump 
as I pointed out yesterday, has raised hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars through his Save America PAC as part of his, quote, election defense fund. But none of the money found its way to any of the lawyers who were searching for election fraud. And none of the lawyers indicted in Georgia are having their legal fees paid for out of that PAC. Nobody knows where the hundreds of millions of dollars went. Apparently, Jack Smith wants to know. We do know Stanley Woodward is representing several of the low-level employees in Mar-a-Lago who have either been indicted or called to testify before the grand jury that indicted Donald Trump for mishandling classified documents. Woodward was representing the head of Mar-a-Lago's IT department. This came out yesterday. The gentleman who oversaw all the security cameras at Mar-a-Lago, his name is Yuskel Tavares. Stanley Woodward was Yuskel Tavares's attorney when Yuskel Tavares testified under oath before the grand jury and said that he saw no evidence of anyone at Mar-a-Lago moving boxes around. And he swore under oath that Donald Trump never asked him to erase any of his surveillance videos. But then Yuskel Tavares had a change of heart and told the judge he, he'd like to recant his testimony. He told the judge, I lied under oath and I'd like a new attorney. I don't want Stanley Woodward to be my attorney anymore, even though he's free. His services are paid for by Donald Trump. I don't want Stanley Woodward representing me anymore. So Tavares, the head of the IT department over at Mar-a-Lago, was given a public defender who arranged for Tavares to become a witness for the prosecution, begging the question, why did Tavares have to fire Stanley Woodward before he flipped? Because Woodward's fees were paid for by Donald Trump. And the message is clear. You lie under oath, you get free legal counsel. You don't lie under oath, you're on your own. I'll have more on this in the coming weeks. The very first 2024 presidential debate took place, the Republican debate, Wednesday night with candidates scurrying off to prove they are the wrongful successful to Donald Trump. During the debate, Governor Ron DeSantis said if elected, he would fire Fauci. Well, Fauci is retired, so I guess that's how much Ron DeSantis hates Fauci. He's going to hire him just to be able to fire him. At one point, Ron DeSantis accused the moderators of treating the candidates like schoolchildren. You know, they were treated like schoolchildren in Florida during the debate, since nobody was allowed to discuss the rising tide of hate crimes committed against the LGBTQ community. That sounds just like a uh, Florida classroom. Ramaswamy, Vivek Ramaswamy, called climate change a hoax. And if anyone's an expert on hoaxes, it's that guy. Nikki Haley said she believed climate change is real, but it's caused by the Chinese. Really, Nikki? I, I didn't know the Chinese own ExxonMobil. That's interesting. Ramaswamy said he would cut off funding for the war in Ukraine. Nikki Haley said she supports arming Ukraine. And Ramaswamy shot back, quote, I wish you success 
on your future career on the boards of Lockheed and Raytheon. That's not an insult. Uh, Ramaswamy also sits on the board of Lockheed and Raytheon, and he decided to use the debate as an opportunity to break the good news that Nikki's application to sit on those two boards had just been accepted. Like Ramaswamy's not going to sit on the board of Lockheed and Raytheon. Mike Pence had enough, and he called Ramaswamy a rookie. Chris Christie thought Pence said cookie and ate him. Nikki Haley tried to distinguish herself by leaning into her gender and compared herself to Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure Margaret Thatcher would have had the balls to call Donald Trump a rapist, Nikki. Do you have the balls to call Donald Trump a, a rapist? Do you believe Donald Trump is a rapist? First question out of the gate should have been, do you believe Donald Trump is a rapist by a show of hands? You know, Judge Kaplan, the presiding judge in the E. Jean Carroll case, has said twice since the verdict that Trump was found to be a rapist. How come none of the anchors said by a show of hands, how many of you think Donald Trump is a, a rapist? Way to lean into your gender. Uh, before we move on, let me just show you uh, some of the the, the facts, the homicide rate uh, peaked when Donald Trump was president. See that 2020, 2019, it had been going down and then it started right when Obama left office. The homicide rate uh, peaked under uh, Donald Trump in 2020. OK, this is what nobody talked about during the debate. Okay, the current unemployment rate, according to the U.S. Borough, Bureau of Labor Statistics, in July, unemployment, July of 2023, 3.5%, right? When Joe Biden took office in January of 2021, unemployment rate was 6.3%. They were all a bunch of effing liars during the debate, and nobody corrects them. As I said earlier, the former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani, was arrested inside the Fulton County Jail Wednesday afternoon. Giuliani was fingerprinted, and this is his mugshot. He is out on a $150,000 bond and is expected to go before a judge for arraignment in about two weeks. Last week, uh, Giuliani, along with uh, Donald Trump and 17 other co-defendants, was indicted for racketeering in the role they played immediately after the 2020 presidential election, spreading lies about election fraud, spreading lies about election officials, and of course, intimidating election officials and government officials. This is old school racketeering. That's why it's a RICO prosecution. On Wednesday, Coming out of the jail, Rudy Giuliani called his indictment a travesty. Yeah, but not as big a travesty as you not getting indicted. He warned if the government can do this to him, they can do it to anyone. Good. I, I most certainly hope so. I would hope that if someone tries to steal an election, the government indicts them. Yes, I want that. Giuliani insisted this indictment is a threat to lawyers all over America. Also good. It's too bad that we have, what, 1.3 million lawyers in this country and they weren't indicted along with you. Giuliani said he's being indicted for defending Donald Trump. Another lie. You weren't indicted 
for defending Donald Trump because you weren't defending Donald Trump in a court of law. He asked you to travel down to Georgia and sweet talk a bunch of election workers and politicians who you accidentally mistook for a bunch of backwater hayseeds who would fall for your subtle New York City charms. You weren't Trump's defense counsel, Rudy. You were a broken down and out criminal who was convinced by Donald Trump that he still had one last heist in him. It has been reported earlier on Wednesday that Rudy couldn't find a lawyer in Georgia to represent him, but an attorney named Brian Tevis was there standing by his side during the arrest, no doubt sneaking Rudy a flask of Canadian Club whiskey spiked with whatever antipsychotic medication Rudy's massage therapist slash call girl was able to steal from Roger Stone's medicine cabinet. Hey, uh, Brian Tevis, Trudy, uh, uh, Rudy's uh, l- lawyer, you know the six hours black people in Georgia have to wait to vote? Double it. And that should give you an idea of how long the line you'll be waiting in to get paid by Rudy Giuliani. According to the latest reports, Tevis will not be Rudy's attorney moving forward. I think Rudy is going to be his own attorney. He can't afford anyone. Rudy is being sued by a lot of people. A lot of people suing Rudy. Rudy is being sued by, uh, by Dominion voting machines for defamation. He's being sued by Smartmatic voting machines for defamation. A former female staffer is suing him for sexual harassment, sexual assault, and wage theft. Let's call it what it is, rape. He's being sued for rape. At least that's the allegation. And Rudy, most importantly, is being sued for defamation by two Georgia election workers named Ruby Freeman and Andrea Shea Moss, a mother and daughter, both black, who Rudy accused on television numerous times and before the Georgia state legislature of stuffing ballots on behalf of Joe Biden. The two women say, thanks to Rudy's statements, they began receiving racist death threats and had to go into hiding. Wandrea Moss, the daughter, began working for the Fulton County Elections Department in 2017, but in her defamation suit, she says the death threats forced her to leave the job. The virulently racist Rudy Giuliani falsely accused Moss of handing her mother a thumb drive filled with Biden votes like they were, quote, vials of cocaine or heroin, right? Black, kind of, you know, let's call them drug dealers. Trump referenced uh, the, the black mother and daughter 12 times during his infamous call to the Georgia Secretary of State, calling them professional vote scammers. In their defamation suit against Rudy Giuliani, Giuliani has agreed this year to pay them $90,000 to cover their legal fees and admitted that what he said about them was false. But he stipulated that he was retracting his statements about them only for their defamation suit, but nowhere else. 
You see, to settle the defamation suit, he's offered up an admission of guilt, but can't settle quite yet because he's being criminally indicted and going on trial. Right. He's been indicted by the Fulton County District Attorney for, among other things, spreading falsehoods about voter fraud in official settings like the Georgia State Legislature. And if Rudy admits to the Fulton County District Attorney what he admitted in the defamation case, that he lied about Ruby Freeman and Wandrea Moss, then he's going to prison, which he is. He's going to prison and he should rot there for the rest of his life. Rudy not only lied about Ruby Freeman and Wandrea Shea Moss, he, along with Donald Trump, engaged in a type of intimidation and coercion that proves beyond any shadow of a doubt that this was a criminal enterprise worthy of a RICO trial. I don't know if you followed closely what Rudy did to Ruby Freeman and Wandrea Moss. Their story shines a 50,000 watt light on how Trump ran a criminal enterprise. We're talking mob boss with flunkies and button men intimidating Georgia election officials into saying and doing whatever the Don, Don Trump, demanded. After his arrest on Wednesday, Giuliani held a brief press conference outside the jail because journalists paying attention to him is the closest he ever gets to anything resembling intimacy. He was asked about the defamation case, and Rudy insisted, yes, I filed a brief in the defamation case admitting that what I said about Ruby Freeman and Andrea Moss was false, but I stipulated in that brief that I am only admitting I lied about them when it comes to the defamation lawsuit. However, I stand by every word I said about them when it comes to the criminal indictment I just got fingerprinted for. You got it? Okay, this is his fevered mind. For the defamation suit, I take back everything I said about Ruby Freeman and Wandrea Moss, and I'm going to give them 90 grand for their legal fees. However, I stand by every word I said about them when it comes to the criminal indictment. There was voter fraud. That's what Rudy's insisting on. There was voter fraud, and I have scientific evidence of voter fraud, and I plan to continue to defame Ruby Freeman and Wandrea Moss inside the criminal courtroom on TV, just like I did on all the other television shows I appeared on. Rudy is screwed. He can't admit to the Fulton County District Attorney that he lied about Ruby Freeman and Andrea Moss because there's a preponderance of evidence that Rudy was told over and over that Ruby Freeman and Andrea Moss were not stuffing ballots. But he and Donald Trump kept spreading the lie anyway. Criminal intent. He can never, ever admit in in the criminal trial, that the election wasn't stolen. He has to keep insisting that he's convinced that he has scientific evidence that the election was stolen. Because if he admits the election was clean, which it was, he loses. 
here is the odious attorney, John Eastman, Eastman, he of the memos. He was fingerprinted on Tuesday. Then he had to get back to California for his disbarment proceedings. He's about to lose his law license for the role he played on January 6th. But never admit you're wrong. Here he is on Tuesday coming out of the jail where he just posted a $100,000 bond. And he's asked if he still believes if there was voter fraud in Georgia. Do you still think the election was stolen? Absolutely. Absolutely. Still. No question. No question in my mind. And you... Absolutely. No question in my mind. Now, he, Eastman, Rudy, Trump, Kenneth Cheesebro, who thinks he's going to outsmart Fawny Willis by demanding he gets a speedy trial by October 31st, they can all say there was voter fraud. Okay? And that's their plan, right? Because otherwise they prove criminal intent. They have to testify that they genuinely believe that there was voter fraud. However, they must produce evidence of voter fraud. There is none. They are going to say under oath, I honestly believe there was voter fraud. I wasn't lying. I didn't have criminal intent. I believed there was voter fraud. In my heart of hearts, I believe. I believe what I said. Therefore, no criminal intent. And the prosecution is going to say, based on what evidence? There is none. They're going to prison. This is a racketeering case, pure and simple. That's why it's getting a RICO prosecution. And one of the best ways to understand why this is racketeering is to look at what Trump and Giuliani are accused of in the indictment, what they're accused of doing to Ruby Freeman and Wandrea Moss. When the movie is made about all of this, trust me, the opening scene begins with Ruby Freeman and Wandrea Shea Moss, the mother and daughter counting ballots inside Atlanta's State Farm Arena, right? As an American, there is nothing more sacred than a black mother and daughter in Georgia counting ballots. After all the blood spilled for the right to vote, there is nothing more sacred in our democracy than a black mother and her daughter working together to count the ballots. For Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump to present video of these two women inside Atlanta State Farm Arena, portraying them as election scammers who passed around thumbnail drives like they were drug dealers, well, it's not just a defamation suit, it's criminal. It's why there's a RICO prosecution. It is criminal. These two women were not just defamed, they were strong-armed. They were intimidated by Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump, as well as their henchmen, to change their story. It's a chapter right out of The Sopranos. And for this, Rudy and Donald Trump deserve to burn in hell. These two black women are victims of a well, well-orchestrated conspiracy 
to terrify them into confessing to a crime they did not commit. And this is the original sin of our gross, vile, and repugnant criminal justice system. A criminal justice system that the racist Rudy Giuliani very much exploited as both a prosecuting attorney and mayor of New York. For centuries in America, innocent poor people, innocent people of color, innocent black people, especially innocent black people, have been locked away for crimes they never committed. Every single black woman in America must give their child the talk. And if you don't know what the talk is, find out. And every black woman in America has seen their son or their father, their brother or their nephew arrested by a cop. If you're black and male, you're definitely going to get arrested at some time in your life here in America. You're going to spend at least one night in a jail cell if you're a black male here in America. Same for women. I th I'm not sure, but I think it's a little rougher for black men. Fact. According to the ACLU, one out of every three black men here in America will go to prison in their lifetime. Fact. Google it right now. This is in direct violation of the United Nations International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights that America claims to have been a signatory to. Fact, one out of three black men here in America will go to prison in their lifetime. And if you don't know this, well, you're definitely not black. But now you've been told, what are you gonna do about it? This is a fact. One out of three black men will find themselves in prison here in America. Now, you all know about the loophole in the 13th Amendment. We've been through all of this. Rudy Giuliani knew exactly what he was doing when he began this intimidation campaign against Ruby Freeman and Wandrea Moss. He knew the hundreds of thousands the millions of black people who in his lifetime have been intimidated into confessing to crimes they never committed. Rudy knows, he knows, how many people here in America are now serving time because they were bullied into confessing to a crime they never ever committed. Half the inmates inside Fulton County Jail. Let's take a look at that. This is one of the cells. Half the inmates, let's go full screen here, half the inmates inside Fulton County Jail, where Rudy Giuliani was fingerprinted on Wednesday, uh, have yet to be indicted or charged. That's according to the ACLU. Isn't that amazing? Half. They've been sitting in there for years for years. I'm going to talk about that jail in, uh, in a few minutes, okay? These two women, Ruby Freeman and Andrea Moss, are black, and they live in Georgia. 
they know you don't need to be charged with a crime because they know if you're black or poor, you can get locked up for years without ever seeing a judge. As I said, the ACLU says half the inmates inside the Fulton County Jail have yet to be charged or indicted. You see why Ron DeSantis doesn't want critical race theory taught in Florida? You see why he doesn't want black studies taught as an AP course in high school? White people, at least in Florida, are forbidden from coming to terms with our criminal justice system. They don't learn it, at least in the schools. Uh, Maybe if they're white and poor and they get arrested, maybe that's how they can gain a keener insight into our criminal justice system. But Ruby Freeman and Wandrea Moss, they knew all about our criminal justice system. They knew all about Fulton County Jail. That's how it works. Half the inmates in Fulton County Jail have never been charged with a crime, have never been indicted. Ruby Freeman and Wandrea Moss knew that because like any black woman in Georgia, They have sons, fathers, uncles, and brothers. They know. And Rudy knew they knew. He knew that if a cop, a sheriff, or somebody with a lot of power wants you locked up, you're getting locked up. Doesn't matter if you're innocent, which is why when you're alone with a cop, you cooperate. You say whatever it takes not to step foot inside that Fulton County jail. And Rudy knew that. In Fulton County, Georgia, every cop is king. He can destroy your life by throwing you in jail. For one night, one night in jail can destroy your life. Or three, four years in jail without being charged also can destroy your life. And Rudy knew that. Cops can put you in jail overnight. And let's say you're rich and upper middle class, depending on how fragile you are, that one night in jail, it can ruin you for life, certainly give you PTSD for the rest of your life. And Rudy knows that. I want you to close your eyes right now. Okay, close your eyes. And imagine getting trapped for four hours on the tarmac inside that Delta Airlines jet last month that was trying to fly out of Las Vegas. Do you remember that story? It was 103 degrees inside the cabin and they wouldn't turn on the air conditioning. They were trying to save money. That happened last month. Americans inside a Delta Airlines flight sitting on the tarmac in Las Vegas Four hours, 103 degrees heat. People were passing out. The bathrooms were overflowing. There was no water. Eventually, flight attendants had to be wheeled out on stretchers. Four hours on the tarmac. And nobody stood up for their rights. Nobody said, this is outrageous. You know why? Because if you're on an airplane and you stand up for your rights, they lock you up. So Americans for four hours stayed inside what was essentially an aluminum sewage pipe for four hours, 103 degrees, and nobody complained. 
because they know if you make a stink on an airplane that stinks worse than the actual airplane, you're going to prison. And nobody wants to go to prison, even though that Delta Airlines jet was a prison. Imagine sitting in that jet for four hours, never knowing when you were going to be freed. Panic attacks, maybe? Now imagine 24 hours of that. 24 hours. But instead of the Delta Airlines flight, it's Fulton County Jail waiting for your lawyer or your rich parents to come and get you, surrounded by scabies, lice, prison guards who are up to no good. You know what that does? You know what that 24 hours does to a person? You know what one day of this? Take a good look at this, America. This is a jail cell from Fulton County. You know what that does? One night in Fulton County Jail? You know what that does to a person? Imagine years of that. You know, you should find out. You should get yourself arrested and you should find out. In fact, it's your patriotic duty to get arrested and get sent to a real jail. Okay, find out for yourself what our jails are like. Imagine that Delta jet in Vegas. Now imagine 24 hours of that. Imagine years of that with no court date in sight. I cannot stress this enough. Half the people serving in Fulton County Jail, according to the ACLU, have yet to be indicted or charged. So the cop is king in Fulton County, Georgia. And Rudy knew that. Do you ever meet someone who's done time when they're around a cop? It's yes, sir, and no, sir, because they know there is no justice in America. Statistically, it's what the cop decides. How many Americans have been traumatized by a false arrest? And with qualified immunity, how many cops ever end up paying a price for a false arrest? And Rudy knows that. He was a prosecuting attorney and a racist mayor of New York City. And he also knew that Ruby Freeman and Wondrea Shea Moss knew that. This was a top-down conspiracy. And one of the prongs of this top-down conspiracy was to make two black election workers feel so unsafe that they would agree to change their stories and confess to committing voter fraud. I haven't told you the worst part of it yet. Rudy Giuliani is a former prosecutor. He's the former mayor of New York. Rikers Island here in New York is filled with frightened, innocent people of color who were intimidated into pleading out pleading guilty to a crime they never committed because they know the system is completely rigged against them. And they might as well plead guilty and do five years instead of try to prove their innocence and end up getting punished for exercising their constitutional right to a speedy trial and getting sentenced to 15 years if they're found guilty. How is this remotely constitutional. 
1.3 million lawyers in America and nobody says a peep? Don't make us give you a trial, because if you're found guilty, you're going to get a much stiffer sentence. Okay? If half the people inside Fulton County Jail have never been charged or indicted, what percentage of American prisons are filled with inmates who have never had a trial? Of the 2.5 million Americans behind bars this morning, how many took plea deals instead of had a trial and attempted to prove their innocence? Anybody know? Anybody know? Nobody knows. Can't find an answer to that question. Seems to me there should be an answer to that question. Seems to me with 1.3 million lawyers in America, somebody should figure this out. Well, where was I? Him. This is Donnie Ubieta, 33. He died Tuesday of this week from a drug overdose inside Rikers Island Jail here in New York City. Four inmates died inside Rikers Island in July of this year alone. You know, I'm always guilty of repeating myself. I apologize. Four inmates died inside Rikers in July of this year alone. This is Donnie Ubieta, 33. He died Tuesday from a drug overdose inside Rikers Island Jail. You know, I'm naive. I'm white. I'm middle class. How do you die from a drug overdose inside a New York City jail, Your Honor? How is it possible when we're locking up people for drugs, that they end up dying from a drug overdose inside a New York City jail. How is that possible, Your Honor? They're planning on eventually closing Rikers and building a skyscraper in Chinatown to house more inmates. It's going to be the world's tallest prison. Not making this up. Because that's what we need here in New York City. The world's tallest prison. How do you die from a drug overdose inside a jail? Seems to me we don't need the world's largest prison here in New York City. The problem isn't that New York needs better prisons. New York needs better cops, maybe fewer cops and more social workers. The problem, it seems to me, when a 33-year-old kid is dying from a drug overdose in Rikers Island, the problem isn't with the jail. The problem is with the law enforcement officials inside those jails who are allowing drugs in there. Why are we building bigger jails? Why is Atlanta spending $100 million on Cop City? Why aren't we spending money on keeping people out of jail? So I'm going to stay with this story about Rudy Giuliani just a little bit longer, just so you don't end up feeling sorry for Rudy Giuliani. I'm worried, you know? He's been accused of rape, okay? And I read the depositions. I've read the brief. Uh, I believe it, okay? 
Before you start feeling sorry for Rudy Giuliani, because it's sad to see a man pushing 80, broke, alone, drunk. And, you know, when he talks these days, it sounds like he's about to cry. Listen to him talk. It sounds like he's about to really start weeping. And you know what I say? Good. He deserves to be locked away for life. I'm not going to say inside Rikers. Nobody deserves Rikers. Nobody deserves Fulton County. Nobody deserves it. Maybe Rudy does. Maybe Rudy does. But nobody in America should be forced to have this as their jail cell. Look at that. That is a Fulton County jail cell. This is fourth world shit. It's not even third world shit. Okay. That's, uh, that's Fulton County Jail. Okay. Based on absolutely no evidence other than these two women being black, Rudy and Trump began accusing them of stuffing ballots. Had no evidence. By December 3rd of 2020, Rudy and Trump accused Ruby Freeman and Andrea Moss of bringing a suitcase filled with Biden ballots, Biden ballots into Atlanta State Farm Arena, and then feeding the ballots into the counting machine. Now, here's what happened. And Rudy was told this, and so was Donald Trump. What happened that night was the election workers in the State Farm Arena, we're told, we're done for the night. Okay, we'll see you tomorrow morning. And so, Ruby Freeman and Andrea Moss followed the proper protocols, and they place the fresh container of ballots that, they, that are up next to be counted, to be fed into the machine. They said, oh, we're coming in tomorrow. So they took the container, as they were told, and they sealed it shut, as instructed, they covered the container and placed the container underneath the table where they were working. And then they would come back the next day and pull it out, right? When, okay, that was what they were told to do. That's what they were trained to do. And that's what they did, okay? And then the next morning they come out, they pull out the container, they uncover it, they unseal it, and they begin feeding the ballots into the machine. That's how it works. But then at the last minute, they were told that night, hang on, we're working late. So they took off their coats. We're here for a while. And they pulled the ballot container from underneath the table out. They unsealed it and they began counting the ballots and feeding it into the machines. Okay. But because Rudy is a racist because Trump is a racist because they are both liars uh, because they wanted to invent a story that white racist Republicans would believe. Rudy began showing video of these two women pulling what he described out, which he did, what he described as a suitcase filled with Biden ballots. He was told what happened doesn't matter what the truth is. These are Biden ballots. And Rudy said they were feeding Biden ballots into the machine. 
pure fiction. And Rudy knew it was pure fiction. The Georgia Secretary of State investigated it, told him it was pure fiction, told Trump it was pure friction, it, fiction. It didn't matter. They kept repeating the lie because that's what Rudy and Donald Trump do. Keep repeating a lie until enough people think it's true. Keep repeating the lie until you and Donald Trump think it's true. Ruby Freeman and her daughter, Andrea Moss, began receiving immediately racially tinged death threats because of Rudy. They went into hiding. This is early, early December. Andrea Moss said people showed up at her grandma's house to make a citizen's arrest. She said, you have no idea what it's like to be targeted by the president of the United States. Okay, things got really bad for them in early December. And then on December 10th of 2020, it got even worse. Rudy appeared before the Georgia State Legislature and played the video of them again and misrepresented what was happening once again in front of the Georgia State Legislature on local television, in front of the media. He accused Ruby Freeman and Andrea Moss of unsealing the ballot containers uh, that they had brought in with them. The, the, the suitcase filled with Biden ballots. He accused them of unsealing a, a secret stash of Biden ballots, knowing he was lying. He knew he was lying and he accused them of ballot stuffing. He knew it was a lie. He was told that this, uh, what they were looking at was a legitimate ballot container that Ruby Freeman and Andrea Moss had put under the table, think they were, they thought they were going home. And then they were told last minute, now keep working. So they pulled the ballot container out, unsealed it and started counting again. Now, Rudy knew that he had been told that countless times, but he chose to say that that ballot that they pulled out from underneath the table, those are Biden ballots. They're stuffing the machine. Okay. The death threats for them got worse and worse and worse because the lies about them began to spread throughout the country on right-wing news networks, okay? And they named their name, okay? Think about Brad uh, Raffensperger, the Secretary of State of Georgia, all the death threats that he got. He's white, okay? They broke into his daughter-in-law's home, OK, they threatened to rape his wife. He had to go into hiding and he has a security detail. Imagine if you're two black women in Georgia. You go into hiding. Now, all of this, according to the indictment, was part of the grand conspiracy. Top down. Create so much hell for these two female black election officials they will confess to a crime they didn't commit, right? This is how Rudy and Donald Trump was going to Wait, it gets worse. I promise you, this gets so much worse. So much worse. Intimidate them, strong arm them like a mob boss. Get them to confess 
to stuffing ballots for Joe Biden to prove that Donald Trump isn't lying and that the election was stolen. Wait, I promise you it gets so much worse. Okay, according to the indictment, and this is where you can't believe how evil Rudy and Trump are. And this is racketeering. Okay, Trump and Rudy made their life hell in December of 2020. But by January of 2021, these two women were living in complete terror. On July 4th of 2021, right before January 6th, and two days after Trump's infamous call to the Georgia Secretary of State, and by the way, during that call, 12 times during that call, listen to the tape, Trump accused Freeman and Moss of stuffing ballots. And during the call, the Secretary of State of Georgia said on tape, no, Mr. President, we investigated they weren't stuffing ballots, okay? That call took place on January 2nd. The top election official in Georgia said Freeman and Moss were not guilty of these crimes, okay? Two days after that call, two days after Brad Rassensperger told Donald Trump that no way, there's no way Freeman and Moss were guilty of any crimes Ruby Freeman got a knock on her door and she was terrified. And so she called 911 because she's she was back in her home after weeks of hiding. And so she, somebody knocked on her door. I think the FBI was helping her. Uh, and they said, if anybody knocks on your call, 911. So she called 911. Uh, and then she found out who the person knocking on the door turned out to be. And this is where, this is the reason, one of the many reasons Rudy and Donald Trump deserve to burn in hell. And this is racketeering in the truest sense of the word. Okay. The person knocking on the door, according to the indictment, was this woman, Trevion Cootie who was among the 19 people indicted last week in Georgia. Trevion Cootie is an African-American woman who worked as Kanye West's publicist. But according to the indictment, she didn't introduce herself as Kanye West's publicist. According to the indictment, she said, Hi, I work for a high-profile billionaire who is... Concerned for your safety. This is this is racketeering. Nice building you got here. It'd be a shame if something happened to it, right? Trevion Cootie, who was indicted, worked as Kanye West publicist, said, didn't say that she just said, I work for a high-profile billionaire who is concerned for your safety. I can't say his name, but he sent me here because he's very concerned about your safety. She said, according to the indictment, I know you're frightened. I know you don't feel safe. You shouldn't feel safe. I know you're not safe. And this high profile billionaire wants to help you. 
Trevion Cootie, according to the indictment, said, you know, I'm a crisis manager. You're in danger. You're in so much danger. And they met in a police precinct. So it had, for some reason, this meeting took place in a police precinct and it's videotaped. Reuters has the videotape. And uh, Trevion Cootie allegedly said, not you know, unless they doctored the video, I watched it this morning on Reuters. Trevion Cootie said to Ruby Freeman, I can help you, but you must first confess to all of President Trump's allegations against you. Otherwise, quote, very bad people will be coming to this door in 48 hours to arrest you. Okay? I can help you. You're in danger. I know for a fact that people are trying to harm you. I can help you. But you must first confess to all the crimes Donald Trump has accused you of. Otherwise, quote, very bad people will be coming to this door in 48 hours to arrest you. You know, we're going to learn more about this as uh, these horrible people either flip, plea out or uh, go to jail. After Rudy was fingerprinted on Wednesday, the Fulton County Sheriff said Rudy was treated just like anyone else who passes through our jail. Again, the ACLU reports that half the inmates inside the Fulton County Jail have yet to be charged or indicted. So no, 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 no. It doesn't sound to me like Rudy got the Fulton County Jail treatment. On November 9th of last year, the Southern Center for Human Rights accused the Fulton County Jail of being severely understaffed with 155 vacancies left unfilled. There are reports that medical and mental health professionals don't want to step inside that jail because it's not safe for them. The Southern Center for Human Rights alleges the jail is infested not just with bed bugs and lice, but scabies as well. The Southern Center for Human Rights says that an independent study conducted by medical professionals found 90% of the inmates inside the psychiatric wing were covered in either lice or scabies. 90% of the inmates inside the psychiatric wing were covered in either lice or scabies. The psychiatric unit, according to the report, was neglecting 90% of the inmates, either failing to give them the proper medication or not allowing them to shower or to use a clean toilet. The report says 90% of the psychiatric inmates suffered from malnourishment and exhibited signs of cachexia, wasting away syndrome, a condition found in late-stage cancer victims who lose fat and muscle. In September of last year, 35-year-old LaShawn Pennell Thompson, a black homeless man suffering from schizophrenia, 
was found inside the Fulton County Jail psychiatric ward, unresponsive with his head in the toilet. This is a picture from his cell. In September of last year, 35-year-old LaShawn Pinnell Thompson, a black homeless man suffering from schizophrenia, was found inside the Fulton County Jail psychiatric ward, unresponsive with his head in the toilet. He was rushed to the hospital and died the next day. According to records, Thompson had been inside the jail three months and had lost 30 pounds during his stay. Thompson's body was discovered covered in lice. He was at least the 10th inmate to be found dead inside that jail last year, at least. The city of Atlanta settled with his family for $4 million dollars. And county commissioners then approved $5 million for emergency improvements to the jail. They were going to spend $1 million more to fix the jail than they spent on what it costs to settle with his family. So no, Rudy didn't get the same treatment as all the other inmates in that jail. And today, Donald Trump isn't going to get the same treatment as all the inmates in the Fulton County Jail. Down in Atlanta, they want to spend $100 million to build Cop City. We talked about the protests going on. Uh, Twelve of those protesters trying to block Cop City, 12 of them uh, have been arrested and have been charged with domestic terrorism. Look at this jail cell in Fulton County, Georgia. You tell me who the terrorists are. I'm David Feldman reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak. Thank you.